You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. So we're in this a series of conversations talking about a document uh, that guides everything that we do called The Vital Few. Mm-hmm. And we're going to jump back into that today and talk about providing clear next steps. But before that, I was thinking today about how our podcast started like right at the beginning of COVID, really. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so we just, uh, so much of this has kind of tracked along with our experience in COVID. Yeah. And so in thinking about that, uh, I had a couple of questions I thought would be good for us to talk about, but one one is just like, so things are, are pretty well normalized here in Utah. Like we're not wearing masks everywhere, and because we're vaccinated. Yeah, that's clear. right. Pro pro vax. Yeah, or just pro honesty too. Like mm-hmm. if it says wear your mask, if you're not, Where, you're just, you a should, you're just a or liar or deceitful that's if right. you don't. That's anyway, right. <laughs> and we just that's, lost that's, one thousand yeah. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I was wondering, so like now kind of like with so much of COVID in the rear view, uh, and it's been a few months now mm-hmm. of that, how are you feeling? Interesting. Like as far general? as like, yeah, just like with the, you know, the COVID stank that we like mm, lived with for yeah. so long. How do you feel like we've talked a lot about how like the residue of it is going to remain and all that yeah. kind of stuff. How do you feel like you're doing in the, in the midst of that? Uh, a couple of things. One, overall good. Mm-hmm. Um, two just a bit of like dull grade anxiety that it's coming back. Mm -hmm. Like you've just, I've seen some articles even as of today and the Mm -hmm. numbers are up and then, but it's 95% those who are unvaccinated and like, I don't know. I just, this like, Oh Yeah. You know, the good news is the stuff that's come out of the CDC in the last 48 hours is very positive. Yes. About oh, like okay. even vaccinated people with this Delta variant, like we're not going to need a booster. They don't think yet. Okay. All the science points to like, if you have the if you have the vaccine, the Delta variant is not of concern to you. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Now I haven't like read these articles in detail. Is it going to be like a flu shot where there's like kind of one every year? Are they going to just mix them up together and shoot me up or what? Potentially, but that's mm. what they're saying. Like right now they don't foresee vaccinated people what, needing a booster. Is that what a flu shot Every year is as a booster each yeah. year, and you're saying it's and possible like, you won't and, need one at all, like it's the, measles or something. And the flu shot also, like the strain changes every yeah. single year, yeah, so yeah. they're constantly updating. And I, I don't know, I don't know oh, enough okay. to know that. <laughs> all I know is yeah. we're not going to need at this time. They're saying you're not going to need a booster, and that you should have a lot of confidence. I think yeah. what still really matters is like for the medical community, for those at risk that are not like it just. Just get get the shot. That's my two cents. You know, okay. I know you're free. Do what you want, but get the shot. So yeah. So so you're doing okay. pretty well overall. Little afraid that it can come back. Anxiety that it's coming back. Yeah. As a matter of fact, even yesterday, I like in our ministry center, mm-hmm. I ran this cable that would be the audio for our streaming camera in the event. I just like because what I don't want to <laughs> really? do. In case oh, yeah. we had to live stream again. Well, yeah. Because what I don't want to do is like be caught unexpectedly. Uh-huh. You know, like, what are you going to say with your pants down? I don't know what I was going to say. Caught off guard. <laughs> on guard. I don't know. It really <laughs> fell apart for me there. And then what's the last thing? Oh, <clears throat> I have like the weirdest 
so, and I think we've talked about this, you're, you know, preaching a sermon mm-hmm. through uh, this type of thing as well, but I have this regular also anxiety, lots of anxiety going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. in these settings where, so for example, I was at, um, went to this restaurant, Core Life Eatery the other day and I mm-hmm. ate there. Mm-hmm. And as I went to get up, I had this panic attack almost because I couldn't find my mask. Mm-hmm. And it, they only last about like seven seconds when I realized, oh, it's because I don't have to wear one. Mm-hmm. But even though we didn't have to do that for a super long time, mm-hmm. it's just interesting how it feels weird. Or like every time I go to get out of my car, I mm-hmm. like I, I panic. I'm like, oh, wait, do I have any? And mm-hmm. I do still, just in case I've arrived somewhere that doesn't have them. Uh, so that's weird. And then also I have to tack on a fourth bullet mm-hmm. to the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really all full up of the lack of clarity as far as how organizations are. Cause I think we went through that at the beginning where mm-hmm. I was like, how are you supposed to behave at the beginning? And no one knew. And then it was pretty clear mm-hmm. masks, masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now we're back in this, like, I don't know, you know, I went to the post office the other day. It said, you know, wear a mask or else right on the front door. So I ran back to my car. Thankfully I found one, put it on, walked in. No one, including the employees were wearing them. And I said, <laughs> what in the world? And they were like, Oh yeah, they just make us leave that sign up. That's oh, so dumb. That, that's not helpful. So those four things is what I'm feeling simultaneously at any given point in the day. You're going to have the, I forgot my mask anxiety for a long time because you are so, you so regularly have lost or forgotten something that you need yes. anyways. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that That's will true. linger with you for yep. a while. Yeah. And I'm probably going to just keep them in my bag for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's probably good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. I feel, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling encouraged. Um, are you feeling encouraged? Feeling encouraged. Good. Yeah. I'm feeling real encouraged, real positive. Good. <clears throat> no, but I, yeah, I think, I think things are, I don't think about the mask thing as much anymore. I feel like I'm pretty well. I mean, I've flown now a couple times. So that actually felt more weird was like having to wear the mask mm. through the airport and on Number the plane. Number five, no more, no more no plane, plane mask. masks. Yeah, um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm, I feel used to it, like being able to run in and out of places and all that kind mm. of stuff. And that's a huge relief. So Good. yeah, I'm feeling, I, I'm actually feeling better than I thought I would at this point. Good. So I think that's positive. Yeah. So that being said, what would be, we're still, I was having lunch with friends yesterday mm-hmm. and we were just kind of talking about like, you know, it seems like people are, I mean, we know for a fact, just in general, people are traveling so much more. Mm. Um, and there's already usually in the summertime an immense amount of travel yeah. um, from people. And so church attendance is more sporadic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're fluctuating <laughs> like crazy. One week I thought like, I don't even know if we have a church anymore. Yeah. Two weeks later we had like a bunch of people, but half yeah. of them had never been there before. It was just, yeah. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. So when you think about like the weirdness that we're still in, what do you think that your best piece of advice to ministry leaders in this weird kind of mm. like, we have no idea what's going on, or maybe it's a personal thing, but like if you were going to give one piece of advice right now, what do you think your advice would be? Yeah, I think just because all of a sudden one day we got an announcement that like masks aren't required Uh or just because things have changed, you know, because it's not like they're going to have, well, 10% of you pull them off. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to sort of change on a dime. Yeah. 
um, our like emotional and mental like intelligence doesn't work that way. Right. And so I think at one point you asked that question and one of us gave the answer of just be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's still, so, so two things, be patient with yourself and also push yourself outside of, because otherwise we're all going to need to get a bunch of cats and live in our apartments. (laughs) Um, and so I have found that even some social settings or whatever, mm-hmm. they do kind of bring me, you know, when someone's like a little closer mm-hmm. than I feel like they should be, yeah. I get a little like back off. Yeah. Um, and so I think we have to sort of, uh, is it immersion therapy or mm-hmm. something like that? We have or to exposure therapy. Yeah, exposure. Yeah. yeah. We have to push ourselves little bits into these environments. And so maybe going to, you know, we have a, what we call a family night this Mm -hmm. Sunday and there are going to be people around and we're outside, but there'll be no masks. And, and maybe that kind of setting and that just sort of social interaction gives you a little anxiety. Maybe you come for an hour or, you know, maybe you come for 30 minutes or just dinner, or maybe you stop by and then pretend you're real busy and have to leave something that just, uh, continues to put your toe in the water so that you get to a point where it's more normative again. Mm-hmm. Because I think if we don't do that ourselves, there are not enough people even remotely interested in therapy to help us all out. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to have to work on some of this ourselves and yeah. certainly seek out professional help when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But I think if we don't begin the process, um, we're not going to be sure where we're at yeah. if we just remain afraid. And so that that's that's good advice, right? I think that's yeah, great advice. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I like that. Good. Yeah. Are you pleased you? with yourself? Uh, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> don't be mean to me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think mine is to just really commit to be flexible because we have no idea. Like I'm, I'm working under the assumption that like a lot of people are traveling right now. Yeah. And so, you know, church attendance is going to be like all over the map. And you would think like, so school comes back in August, September. Mm -hmm. So the traveling has to stop. Most schools are not going to be online. So like things are pretty normal again. And, and so it should stabilize and we just don't really know. Yeah. You know? So I think, I think that you should, I mean, this is something I have thought about since uh, the first time we planted and that I've told planters, uh, and through assessment and coaching and all of that, but like for sure plan, but prepare to flex Yeah, because things don't ever go according to plan. Totally. And so I think the more that everyone just remains flexible in this season, the less frustrated, anxious, and disappointed they will be. Yep. We have no idea yeah. what, what it's going to be. Totally. So Sunday's coming. Do your best with that. That's right. Sunday's coming. <laughs> all right. So let's jump back into the vital few. Uh, for those that might be joining us for the first time, Uh, Years ago, we wrote this document that we call The Vital Few, which outline the uh, behaviors that we believe are necessary for a church to be faithful to the mission and also fruitful in the work that Jesus has entrusted to us. And so we've been talking about, we have seven of them. We've been talking about one each week. You can find those past episodes wherever you're listening to this. But this week, we're going to talk about providing clear next steps. Mm. So each one of these has a heading and then a short, usually three sentence description uh, underneath it. And so today we're talking about providing clear next steps. Here's how we think about this. We labor to provide clear next steps for new people. Because connection is crucial in our mission to make disciples, 
Every member must own the responsibility of living with missional intentionality and helping people, uh, new people make their way from first exposure to partnership. Our systems are complex, but connection is simple. So um, we talk a lot about connection. We've talked about it in past mm-hmm. episodes as well. Um, we believe that connection is one of the most important parts of our mission. And I don't think most people always connect like or, or think about assimilation, connection, helping new yeah. people get plugged in as like missional. Yeah. But we very much do because you can't disciple people who aren't connected. Right. Right? And yeah, and I think I've either said it before, but I'll say it this time at least, I think the most uh, crucial discipleship tool at your church is your database. Mm -hmm. Because if I need to reach out to you, if I need to do anything, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to get a hold of you, or it's in one of 17 places, and I'm busy, and just like having a really good church database that is well kept, I think it's got to be the single most important discipleship tool mm-hmm. that you can have because you have no idea. Because without it, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we, we've sometimes said to people that until they like, let us know who they are, let us know that they're there. They basically don't exist. I might've right. like shaken your hand on Sunday morning and heard a blip of your story on your way into church. Mm-hmm. But by the time Wednesday comes, I may or may not remember your name. And if you didn't take the steps again, it's incumbent on us to mm-hmm. make it uh, clear, but mm-hmm. if you didn't take them, that's it. Totally. Yeah, and, and sadly, despite that, it's uh, connections usually an afterthought, mm-hmm. or at least a very low priority. Most people, yeah. I mean, even even hearing what we're talking about right now, some might be struggling internally with like, mm, I don't know if I'd go so far as yeah. to say. But if you think about the fact that you can't do anything with people that are not connected, right? Then it does make sense that this would be the most important, critical discipleship tool that we have. Sure. And so it needs to be high, high priority. And so, in some ways, it's the determining factor of whether or not we accomplish what God's called us to. And so, to this end, we have always put a tremendous amount of time and effort and labor into providing clear next steps. So mm. let's break down. Uh, Uh, this uh, definition sentence by sentence. So we started with, we labor to provide clear next steps for new people. Mm -hmm. So the two things that I think about, and then you can speak to a lot of the practicality behind it that are critical for us in this. um, One is we've talked about how by and large Sunday morning, the service is like our front door. Yep. That, that is people aren't coming to our church primarily through our meetups or through some event. Primarily they, uh, find out about us online mm-hmm. or through a friend, and then they come to the service. Yeah. Which means then the announcements in particular in our service are really, really critical. Yeah. As well as, and you can talk about the app that we use as well, but those are two very, very important points. Now, sure. I, I know you'll talk about announcements. You're the primary person who handles our announcements most of the yep. time. And so uh, one thing that I would say for anyone who ever watches more than one of our streams or something Mm -hmm. like that, they would notice that by and large, with the exception of a church-wide event, our announcements are largely the same every single week. Yep. And occasionally, I even hear from people in our church, and want to reiterate this for people at Ridgeline who listen to this, mm-hmm. that the reason that our announcements are the same is that primarily when we think about announcements, they're about helping new people 
take their next step. Sure. So if you've been here for three years and you're like, I'm so tired of hearing about this stuff. Cool. That makes total sense. Cause it's not for you. Right. But for the new person who's here for the very first time and is like, okay, I enjoyed this service, but where do I go from here? They're like super, super critical as they are hearing them for the very first time. So sure. talk a little bit about announcements and then also the app that we use as the primary tool to, to help people get connected. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think they're only stuff that applies for the entire group. So if Laura decides to cancel her small group, mm-hmm. um, that's not going to make the announcement time. Right. You know, and I think that that's really important because we're trying to help uh, new people understand their next steps, like we're like we're talking about, and so I think that um, if that's not first and foremost in your mind every single week, then you're not genuinely concerned about getting people connected. Right. Like if, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, so maybe you listen to this and you decide to launch an app that we'll talk about and you do it for three or four weeks and then it just, you know, everyone knows about the app. Let's move on. You don't really care about the new people that are there. Right. I think you have to think about it in terms of like, so for example, uh, as I've shared in the past, um, Probably my first real job was when I was working at Starbucks, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of like my career job. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the first time people came in, uh, especially when Starbucks wasn't near as known. So we both worked for Starbucks when mm-hmm. there were a few thousand stores. Now I think there's like 40,000 yeah. worldwide. So we worked for a few thousand. And so people would come in, and they would wonder, like, what is Tall Grande Venti? Right. Most people know what that is today. Well, you also, you also got to go to the Dakotas to open the oh, market sure. there. So Literally, you opened the first stores yeah, we, that existed in the Dakotas. We did, yes. Yeah, so I opened a store, and the nearest store to me was within 350-mile radius every direction. Wow. Uh, and so that was unique. And and truthfully, we stopped fighting it there. We just let people call it small, medium, and large. We just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> it just The yeah. cowboys that would come in could yeah. not <laughs> tell me they wanted a tall anything that I'd give them the smallest one. It yeah. did not compete. Yeah, it doesn't make but sense. But regardless, yep. we had to make sure, mm-hmm. especially in that environment, to be very very clear as to what these things were, what Mm -hmm. people were getting. We'd regularly ask them hot or iced, all of those kind of things, because we cared about the fact that they would return as well. We didn't want to be elitist. We didn't want to use insider language, all of those types of things. We genuinely wanted to be in a place where we helped new people get connected. And so that's the reason it's important every single week. As a matter of fact, uh, because I am just who I am and develop sort of uh, little ticks or little things I do mm-hmm. over and over again. There are people in the church who through time have like made it a uh, kind of a game to mouth the announcements along with me mm-hmm. to listen for some, like if I say something new, it's uh, it's the subject. I did that. Th- I did that this last week and it came out in this group text message that a bunch of us have. They couldn't <laughs> believe that I said something <laughs> new or different. Yeah. And I think the point being, it's so important that we work really hard hard to make it like super, super clear. I always try to think about that person who maybe has never stepped foot in a church before. I think we do church a little bit differently uh, than a traditional church. And so even if you've come from a traditional church or one of the kind of large church, LDS church areas in our community, um, we have to be clear about what we're looking for because we actually care about getting people connected. Right. It's not just lip service. It's not just whatever. We genuinely, more than anything, when you walk in and I know that you're new, our church is still at a size at large in part. I know that you're new. Uh, 
what I'm hoping for and what I'm like doing refresh, refresh, refresh on after the service is did you fill out the info card? Right. Uh, because that helps me know, okay, we can actually take some action about helping this person get connected. Yep, totally. So talk a little bit about, I mean, that where that info card has lived mm-hmm. has ebbed and flowed yeah. over the years. Not ebbed and flowed, it's just changed. So there was a point at which we had uh, paper Yep. Info cards, mm-hmm. and we don't have that at all anymore. Nope. Then we had a, a combination of digital and yep. uh, paper, and now we're exclusively digital, but it used to live on what we called our info site, and now we're using this new app. So it's been through all these different iterations, yeah. but talk. I, I do think that what we're using now is the best that yeah. we've had. So just talk a little bit about that. And, yeah. and then we can talk about why we still don't have any sort of support from planning center financially. I know, right? Unbelievable. No. Uh, so I think uh, one of the things that I think, um, you know, we, we should talk about at some point, because we've spent a lot of episodes bemoaning the awful of COVID. Right. Here's one thing that I think COVID has done to benefit businesses at large and then also the church is they have brought so much necessity to a user-friendly app. So I think about pre-COVID, I would walk in everywhere and they would want me to download their app and Mm -hmm. even sometimes give you free stuff. And I just remember thinking, are you crazy? Right. Restaurant, I barely, listen, firehouse subs. (laughs) I am not about to download your app. Thanks much, but nah. Yeah. Yeah. And and we have, because of COVID, it has moved from that to being, uh, I have an app for everything. Everywhere I walk into, as a matter of fact, now I feel like, you don't have an app, whatever. Right. You know, I just can't understand those people that just want me to go to their website or something. I mean, it's just really weird. And again, uh, we'll get to this in a bit, but the app is for people who come there. You know, and so I think that's really important. And quite frankly, if your app is easy to use, I'm way more likely to engage with your company. I think a great example, we had this conversation the other day uh, through COVID and even recently, I frequent Chipotle. So I'm not a huge Chipotle fan. Mm -hmm. I know the average person loves them Chipotle. Mm -hmm. I mourn quasi-regularly, sadly, that we don't have Qdoba here in Utah. Yeah. Qdoba's my jam. I think it's and really, way better. It's, it's, it's the queso. queso. Yeah. Don't, don't act queso like fan. you're like all-inclusive like lover. And, yeah, so you, know. you like their chips and queso. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because otherwise you're just drinking and salsa, the queso. And guac. <laughs> so I like their nachos. That's really what I like. Right. Regardless, though, yep. uh, I use it. You want to know why? Because they have a good app, and they're working, and it gets do, refreshed yeah. all the time, and you can add extra of stuff now. Like yep. I even commented to you. I was like, well, Sometimes I like extra veggies. You want to know what's in there now? I think they heard me say it out loud in the yeah. universe and they added extra veggies or the ability to add those extras to the app. Right. And I think that's a huge win. All that said, uh, having a fully customizable, easy to edit, and uh, end user friendly app, meaning that the people who use it also view it user friendly. There's mm-hmm. two people in here. I'm at XP, so I care about those on this side of the fence. Yeah. But those who use it, it needs to be friendly as well. Yeah. I think has been one of the most significant steps forwards in, in keeping people connected to what's happening in our church, and and really the churches that we support through my XP. I think they would say large in part the same thing. Yeah. And I think those who don't say it, it uh, need to work on the execution and implementation because apps and QR codes and everything are everywhere now. Yep. And people have had to readjust the way they interact with uh, places that provide a service. And yeah. the church does provide a service to people. Right. And so um, it's just really, really important that there's something 
out there that is customizable, that is more of a hub for the people who go to your church, mm-hmm. and it's a way to keep them connected. Yeah. And again, we invite new people on their very first week, download the app. I'm telling you, pre-COVID, you might have been able to find an episode where I laughed or scoffed about an app prior. Yeah. Now I think it's really important because people interact with apps everywhere. Yeah. And and so let's ride the wave yep. and really help them understand that we can also provide a user-friendly experience for them as well. I do know Just, that for lead pastors who are mm-hmm, listening, though, they're yep. going to hear app and they're going to think, I have now another place to put my oh, sermon. Gosh, don't. Okay? So we're it's not, not a sermon player. No. I have a personal aversion to, I don't know why there is this like tendency or this need inside of a lot of church leaders to like take something that is, that there's already a commonly known, commonly utilized something and then create some crappy version of it in your church. So I would just like, people already have a place they listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. They have an infinite number of places to listen to podcasts now. This app that we're talking about is not for that. Yep. Absolutely. It is, uh, and and even, sadly, Mm -hmm. the Planning Center app that I'm so fond of, they have added on, and it's an additional fee and all of that, this ability to build in a sermon player. If you're a MyXP church listening and you wondered, hey, he didn't even mention that, there's a reason. Listen to what I said just a few minutes ago. (laughs) Um, But it's just not for that. Uh, Let, you know, put your podcast on the internet and all the different platforms and let people subscribe because podcast players will keep your spot or remember where you're at or things like that. And it's very clunky and it's very ineffective. And from an administrator's standpoint, it's a lot of work to put your podcast like 47 places. And if you find one that will uh, like do everything for you, it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. So for $14 a month, for free, you can use the Planning Center app for free. $0 a month, as long as you want to just let it kind of ride the way they've designed it. For $14 a month, we have the ability to have unlimited custom pages, it's wonderful. We don't pay the additional 14 for the sermon player because that's just like lighting your money on fire. Right. So do the customizable pages. It's $14 a month. Right. There are other apps out there that are thousands. Right. And I can edit our app from my phone. So yep. let's just kind of ride that wave and do that. Yep. Love that. Mm-hmm. All right. So first sentence is we labor to provide clear next steps for new people. Then we follow that with this. Because connection is crucial in our mission to make disciples, uh, every member must own the responsibility of living with missional intentionality and helping new people make their way from first exposure to full partnership. So I think I think there's a I mean that's a long sentence first of mm-hmm. all. I'm not I'm not I'm not as proud of that sentence at this point. It's a little I can tell when we were talking wordy. about it the other yeah, the other day. It's a little yeah. wordy. Yeah. But, It'll probably but get what revamped. I, yeah, probably. Um so I think there's a bunch that we could talk about here, but I think to just start, I think one thing that is really important that I think goes back to the last point and what we were talking about with the announcements mm-hmm. every single week is I think another value mm-hmm. in in even existing people hearing the same information yep. over and over and over again is that if they bring a friend or you know some rando sits next to him at church on Sunday and somehow connection does come up and like, hey, do, what, what do yeah. I do again to be able to... I think for them, for everyone to be able to explain how a person goes about getting connected is just a, is a tremendous, tremendous win. Sure. And I think that it's on the church then to make knowing that ability easy. Yeah. So I think what's, what's problematic is if you have 47 documents and 16 different classes and this and that, yeah. I mean, it takes some sort of uh, doctorate 
degree in order to really understand your connection process. I mean, even some of your staff members, I promise you, if you like quiz them right now, walking down the hall, listening to this with your AirPods, you pass a staff member out, pull it out and quiz them. They may not know exactly every step of your connection process. What I know at our church is if someone says, oh, I'm not feeling connected or I don't know what to do. I know without a doubt, 90% of the people who have attended our church half a dozen times mm-hmm. would say, well, did you fill out an info card? Yeah. You should probably fill out an info card. Yeah. Because that's our one step. Yeah. I, I mean, our people, like I've even referred to it to our people as it's kind of like tonic. It'll mm-hmm. cure what ails you. Right. It's sort of, you know, how those people just take NyQuil for everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that. It's the thing that if you want to serve, if you want to get connected, if you want to meet with the pastor, if mm-hmm. you want, uh, maybe you made a decision for Jesus, maybe you have a prayer request, maybe whatever. We have one card, one point of entry right. to be able to come in. And I think that's super important that your at least entry to connection, as we're going to talk about in a minute here, it gets really complicated, Mm -hmm. at least on the back end. Mm -hmm. But the the point of entry needs to be so clear and so easy. And for us, it's one card, the info card. Yep, totally. And so we're trying to move people from what we call first exposure to full partnership. Mm -hmm. And so from a first exposure standpoint, I mean, that, that can happen in a number of I feel bad for you. You got a cold. Yeah. People listening are probably like, he sounds a little nasally. Mm-hmm. I do. Why my, do I have a cold? Because my kids gave it to you. Because <laughs> yeah. you kept my kids so I could go overnight and celebrate with my with my bride yep. for 16 years. So It, it was worth it. It was worth it. I would well, say it was for sure worth for it for you, me. For you, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm the only one in my family that has not gotten the cold. Which and is you did interesting, too. Yeah. 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 I'm uh, I'm like an X-Men. I have really heightened sense of immunity and I just don't get All sick right. very often. Well, so good for you. So first exposure, Mm -hmm. Uh, this can come through a a couple of different ways. Um, And I think the way that we, that I think ministry leaders always prefer it happens is they found out about your church through someone in your church. So the word of mouth, they've built a relationship, it's come up, that for sure happens. Um, But I would say what we are seeing a lot of right now, um, and some of this is unique to Salt Lake because of how many people are relocating here. Mm -hmm. But I think it, I think this is probably happening a lot more because of all the movement that we've talked about due to COVID with when it comes to church and everything else in life. But website is like, that's the first place people encounter the number of people. I meet at least one, two, three people every Sunday right now Mm -hmm. that when I ask them, Hey, how'd you hear about us? They'll say, Oh, I was just a Google search and found your website. Sure. And so I think it would be really good for us to talk just for a second about the website because, because so many people are being exposed to your church for the first time there. It's really important that maybe we give a fresh look to, well, how are we actually utilizing that tool then? And does it have the information that it should? Does it have some that it shouldn't have? So when you um, give counsel and direction to churches that you work with about website, what are the primary things that you tell them to think through? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important that your church website be focused on someone who has never attended your church before. Maybe they've heard about it. Maybe they found it on Google, whatever the case might be. And that is the primary and and borderline exclusive audience for your website. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that I, I work hard to, you know, as so as a church reaches out to my XP and wonders, that's one of the things we offer is a website redesign and just consultation on what they should do. And then we take care of all of that work for them. Uh, one of the things that I try to pitch 
uh, churches and pastors on is this idea of thinking about their church website like a restaurant website. And here's what I mean by that. If you said, hey, Tyler, let's go out to a restaurant tonight, Mm -hmm. and it's this new one that I heard about, the first thing I would ask you is like, what's the name of the website? I would immediately pull out my phone, Google it, and... If it's going to get me there, it has a website. Those, mm-hmm. the like, unless you're like a taco cart, yeah. you got to have a website. Yeah. And even still, I would prefer that the taco cart totally, have a website. Yeah. It's really easy to do a website. In and case so, so. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. everyone, yeah, I, fine I could, dining. I'd I could love just some queso. skip this step and say it doesn't matter. There's queso, and you'd yeah. be like, okay, never mind. I'm yeah, good. that's right. <laughs> no worry. Maybe we should start having queso on Sunday mornings. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Anyway, so um, when you when you would say that, I'd go to the website yeah. and I'd probably like look at the whole website. You know, mm-hmm. I would learn about the chef. Mm-hmm. I would look at the gallery of pictures of, and even though I know it's professionally taken pictures, I don't care. I want to know that a professional can do that with the food, the right. pictures of your food. I'd probably even read the weird blurb about how, every, how everything's farm to table, and I yeah. would see which farms it came from, even though. The Lord knows I have no idea where these farms are and don't know how they treat any of their animals, but I believe all of the rhetoric on your site. And I would look at the menu and I would look to see, I'd read reviews on Yelp. And mm-hmm. and, then I, and then I'd do that with, you know, restaurant, hotel, fill in your service establishment here. Yep. But I, I really dive in and then would say, all right, that looks really good. Or, mm. That doesn't do much for me. I'm probably not going to go. Right. Um, and so, so that's kind of step one. Yeah. Now... Uh, we go and and let's say we like it. Maybe mm-hmm. a month later, a few weeks later, whatever. You'd say, "Hey, well, let's go back to that restaurant." I'd probably go back to the website and I'd look around, but primarily I'd want to check out the menu to see if it's changed. And then at some point, if it's a place that like I'm a regular at, mm-hmm. what I care about is the menu. Yeah, I care that like what what do they have for specials? Did they take off my favorite thing? All of that. And so I might even save the link to that PDF as a shortcut in my phone. Yeah, because I'm nerdy like that, mm-hmm. but. I really like to kind of per, uh, peruse them. And you, as you know, I, I am inclined to make a really panicked bad choice of mm-hmm. something I won't like mm-hmm. in the moment. So I got to yeah. really think it out ahead of time. Yeah. But that that's how I am. And so I think churches need to look at their website in the same exact way. So you have a website that is fully exhaustive to the things that new people might care about. Right. Uh, and I think at some point we need to do a whole episode on things that a church should have on their website. Yeah. Uh, we don't have time for that today. But yeah. uh, the things that a new person would care about. And so put yourself in the shoes of new people. Oh, I don't know. Survey a new person and ask them, yeah. what are the things that they like? Uh, those types of things on the website. You can website. also look at your website and look at the stats <laughs> on like what gets clicked the most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully you subscribe to a form, uh, platform that will tell you right, that. Right. Uh, but regardless, I think some of those kind of things are, are really important. Uh, making sure it's clear, making sure that people get this kind of vibe of what is it, what is it like to come to this church? And it has good pictures of people interacting. And again, People aren't dumb. They know you're not putting up your rough picture. You're putting Mm -hmm. up the best one. But people want to know, man, those people are having a good time. They Mm want to know, do they look like me? They Mm -hmm. want, like, demographically, age, all of those kind of things. All of that kind of thing people are uh, looking for on a church website, and that's what your church website is for. So if you're building out portals and and schedules Mm -hmm. and this and that— I believe personally mm-hmm. and based on experience and the data I have, mm-hmm. you are missing the boat. Mm-hmm. That's what people who are new want to look for. Then back to our conversation about the app, you also need to have something else that's like a hub. Mm-hmm. You need to give people the ability to save the menu PDF to their phones. So they know what's going on at your church. And that's really where I think uh, uh, church 
app comes into play and it's uh, dynamic and user-friendly and all of that. I know some churches uh, do with a digital bulletin. It's just a PDF. I think the challenge to that is that once that is posted, it's sort of locked in time and people can download it. So if you update a time, if you change anything, you really have to send out ad nauseum communication about this change and this and that, whereas an app and, and the ability to register and all of those kind of things is very interactive for people. You could, uh, I mean, with the Planning Center app, we can do push notifications, all of those kind of things. But that's why I think it's so important that churches have two things. Something for people who are brand new, which I believe is your church website, and something totally different, uh, which to your point, it's taken on a lot of versions. We used to call it our mobile site, all of that. But it's always been two things. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I think the Planning Center app is really the best one. And please... Um, Planning Center doesn't support us, but before at least look into planning centers, before you sign up with some of these giant companies with mm -hmm. their very high dollar apps that promise the world, mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you a very user-friendly experience for $14 a month exists. Yeah. And if you do use Planning Center for other stuff, it like plugs in right. in a way that other stuff does not. Yeah. Um, you and I do treat, uh, we think differently about the menu thing. Now, I think okay. that your analogy is a very, very good one. I think that um, I I like to be able to sit down and I, I like to like look at a menu beforehand to know if like am I going to like this at all? Sure. But then, uh, but you like to like go into the restaurant knowing like you know what you're going to order. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't like that. I know, and you don't like that. I like that. Well, I like. I don't like when you like make a dumb decision and then whine about it. Sure. So you do you, but. I just think that's not my fave. I like to sit and look at them as part of the experience sure. of being in the restaurant. Otherwise, why don't we get freaking takeout? Sure. I would like to point out for the listeners that, that was comment the point. <laughs> doesn't really apply at all to this doesn't. analogy. It doesn't. I mean, I don't think people were like, you know, Jesus, I don't think anyone would sew on the, I don't think anyone would sew on the street. That's weird. Uh, all right. So, and also I just compared my analogy to Jesus parables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was not Same intentional. Thing. Good job, Jesus. Wow. All right. So we are trying to take people from first exposure. Like we just talked about two full partnership. I'm just a quick note on that. Um, we at Ridgeline don't practice like formal membership and that there isn't, you know, a class that we have people take and a mm -hmm. document we have people sign. Um, there's some reasons for that. Number one, my own biblical convictions are that that is not uh, biblically mandated. And I, mm -hmm. I have read all of the arguments for why it is biblically mandated, and I still am just unconvinced uh, of that. But more than that, like we are ministering in a culture that is um, has a very dominant specific uh, religious uh, bent and mm -hmm. is very high pressure. And so we made a missional decision here to say, you know, we're going to be really high invitation, but very low pressure on people. We're not going to have people like signing documents all of the time. And we just did not think that that was very strategic uh, or loving for us here. So what we're looking for, like when we're looking for, we're looking for someone who considers Ridgeline to be their home. Mm -hmm. And, and so for us, we're looking for primarily four things. We're looking for people who attend regularly and then they serve in some capacity. They are connecting with other people through meetups or a squad, and yep. then they're giving. So those yeah. are the four primary marks. But every every church, whether or not you have formal membership or not, you have some sense of what does it look like to be in full partnership. And so that's what we're trying to move people toward. And again, we can't do that if we don't have simple steps for them to be able to take. Totally. So then the last sentence here says, our systems are complex, but connection is simple. So this is 
primarily going to be like that, that sentence really, um, the subtext of all of it is everything that you do, uh, as an executive pastor behind the scenes and everything that you provide also by way of my XP. So mm-hmm. I thought it might be advantageous for you to just take an opportunity to do a little, my XP commercial, sure. <laughs> but to talk about this aspect of what it is that you do provide behind the scenes, both to us here at Ridgeline, but then also with all these churches that you serve uh, at MyXP. Sure. And I think the thing to keep in in mind is in order for your uh, connection process and strategy to be simple, um, you absolutely, it's going to have to be complicated on the back end. Mm -hmm. In order for people to get connected, in order for people to to uh, continue to drive exactly what they're doing and and how they're going about it and all of those kind of things, it's going to be very, very complicated on the back end. And so uh, you might be listening to this and feeling like you just don't know where to start. And as I say on each episode, uh, my XP solves problems for pastors mm-hmm. and we would love to help. And so I, I think, um, I think just to give you kind of an example, we actually have a church right now that I think really applies to this kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you've gone to the myxp.com church website and you've looked at it and you feel like, oh man, uh, that's not something I'm interested in ongoing. It's not something. I, so we have some churches that have been a church partner with my XP for a pretty long period of time. We have other churches that do it for just a season. And so we've got a church that we're currently supporting it and they really fit into this kind of uh, place that we're talking about. And so uh, we agreed on the front end. It's not going to be forever. It's mm-hmm. just going to be a few months time and um, they're going to get some specific help in a few areas. And so just to kind of cover that for you, if you're if you've wondered what is my XP, what does it do? Uh, I think it really applies to this point in the vital few. And so uh, we agreed to three months and I just want to walk through, not necessarily to like toot our own horn, but just to help you understand what we would have the ability to do for you as a church in, in three months. And so uh, thing number one uh, we've done is we've completely redesigned their website from the ground up. So mm-hmm. we moved it from a very expensive uh, church focused platform onto, as you've heard us talk about Squarespace, right. it's user friendly, people can edit it. It's mobile responsive, all of those kind of things. It's definitely the way to do do it. Uh, I think it's about $215 for a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first year, because you do it through us, we are like preferred with Squarespace. And so we get it for about $185. And so uh, that's something that we did uh, completely redesign, move all the content, all of that. We took care of everything. Uh, We made a list of to-dos of what we needed from the church, but we did it. Uh, then we transferred all sermon content uh, onto the new website and we launched their podcast for the very first time. So this church is uh, over 10 years old and they just had not had the opportunity to actually uh, publish a podcast mm-hmm. onto some of those platforms we talked right. about. They had one of those church uh, kind of focused options, but it was not on you know iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play. Now it's all of those places uh, and it wasn't an additional cost to do that. I know a lot of churches out there are paying some sort of sermon player to kind of spread their podcast. A dirty little secret most churches don't know is that you don't have to pay additional for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, they're all happy to host your podcast. You just have to give them the RSS feed, which is a built-in cost with Squarespace. And what I love about Squarespace is there are no uh, space limitations. Mm-hmm. It's unlimited space is what you're paying for. They have some ways around that. They don't host video on your site. You put it on YouTube or Vimeo or something like that, and it feeds in. But outside of that, everything else, including uh, including the sermon audio is hosted right on Squarespace's server. Mm-hmm. And
and so you're good to go on that. Uh, they they chose kind of as an add-on to use the MyXP designers, which is designed by Reborn to completely overhaul and rework their entire brand as a church. So took what they currently had, took some vision they had to it, and mm-hmm. and our designers put together a really world class brand to be able to kind of help drive their church into the next season of ministry. Uh, we transferred them from uh, multiple fragmented different systems and processes and spreadsheets and text messages as far as their database. Mm-hmm. And we put them on to Planning Center People, which as I've talked about in the past, is totally free. Uh, and now uh, they have a thorough record of everyone in their church in one place. They understand who are members and they know birthdays and all kinds of things that uh, they couldn't necessarily speak to before. Yep. Uh, let's see, we set up a MailChimp integration because that integrates natively with um, with Planning Center. And we uh, custom designed them some templates to be able to align with their new brand. Uh, we implemented a brand new online giving set, uh, giving system through Planning Center that's going to save them a fortune. Uh, we built their app through Planning Center. And we also uh, assisted in the launch strategy. I provided them some examples for how they should go about announcing Mm -hmm. it, some different things they should say, all of that. We provided resources, direction, and training to update their children's check-in because that was also a totally segmented kind of system they Mm -hmm. were using. Uh, So uh, if you checked your kids in, that didn't necessarily bubble up to that you had attended their church, which is problematic. Um, And then lastly, with all of these changes, we're going to save that church a minimum of $200 a month over the the current access fees they were paying for some other systems that just weren't working well for them. And so again, it's not a matter of trying to say, oh, look at how great we are, but genuinely, this is our heart and what we can do for the church. And that all happened with just three months of our full subscription. And I think that uh, maybe you don't have that many things needed. Maybe you just need a website. Maybe you just need some different things. MyXP.Church is really here to come alongside you to understand what you need. And to also, you know, I think that there are some uh, ministries and some companies out there that target churches that really make you feel like you're buying a used car. Mm-hmm. And we work really hard not to do that. I've been really honest with these guys from the front of how long it would take. I think we're going to get it done for sure by that amount of time. We're not trying to get more out of them than we should. We're really trying to create an environment and a situation in which um, these churches are helped and and feel like they are better equipped to love and lead the people that God's entrusted them to once they're done. And yep. so uh, we still plan on uh, kind of finishing that part of our relationship at the end of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully they feel very equipped and set up to be able, be able to do some of these things. And they've said that the feedback from the brand and the app and the online giving platform, all of that has been just resoundingly positive. And so again, we are here to help pastors solve problems. And so if you're one of these pastors who is listening and feeling like I would give anything to do that, reach out, set up a call. Uh, We can have a conversation about what your church might need and how we can work to fit your needs uh, through MyXP. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's also an example of, you know, when we say that uh, our systems are complex, but the connection's simple, Mm -hmm. the complexity is it takes all that to effectively help people get connected. Sure. And so if you hear all that, like me, and you feel overwhelmed, then that's why you just have my XP help. Because <laughs> then you don't have to solve all that. 
So uh, just to recap what we've talked about today, we've talked about providing clear next steps. So we labor to provide clear next steps for new people. Because connection is crucial in our mission to make disciples, every member must own the responsibility of living with missional intentionality and helping new people make their way from first exposure to full partnership. Our systems are complex, but connection is simple. So we'll be back next week uh, with a, another aspect of our vital few to talk about. But as always, we want you to know that we're so thankful that you would take time to listen to this episode. We never take that for granted. Time's precious. And so for you to invest uh, a few minutes here with us is a great gift. If this is your first time joining us and you've enjoyed us, you can enjoyed it. You can help us in three ways. You can subscribe where you listen to podcasts, leave a review wherever you listen, and then we would love to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.